Hi, I'm Jason Leisure. <laughs> He's Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. This is Hallis Intrigue. And Jason, coming up on the episode, we will talk about Justin Fields' left shoulder, what's wrong with it, whether he will play on Sunday, and more importantly, whether he should. All that and more on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, you know, most people or you know, most people a little younger than I and than you spend the Wednesday before uh, Thanksgiving making fools of themselves with their college friends who they haven't seen in forever or their high school friends even. Um, I just made a fool of myself right there. Uh, best moment of the podcast so far, do you think? We'll fix it in post. <laughs> uh, Justin Fields spoke to uh, us and other media members today about his injury and was quite informative, uh, more so than most athletes uh, are in this situation. He came out and said that he has a separated left shoulder with partial ligament damage. What that means is that uh, they can numb up his left shoulder and play him if they want to. That would not have been the case if it was a dislocation. What do you think of what he said, number one, and then we'll get to whether they should numb him up and play him? Well, let's talk about what he said, Pat. I find that very interesting that uh, Matt Eberflus was playing cat and mouse over this. And an hour later, Justin Fields comes out and just says what it is. Right. And I don't see what it costs Justin Fields to do that. I think it was fine. And I respect that from him because I find it very hypocritical when coaches and players and people we cover complain about sources and reports and, oh, everyone's got their sources. Uh, You know, Matt Nagy said, and many, I've heard many coaches say, come to me, I'll be the source. Like, come ask me. And okay. So we asked Justin Fields and he told us, and we don't have to guess. We don't have to source. Like, we know what the injury was or is rather. Now, um, there was an interesting tone between him and Eberflus about playing. We're talking about a week 12 game against the Jets. The Bears are three and eight. Yep. And everybody, uh, Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields, both talking about it being important to play in this game more so Eberflus than Fields, but even Fields was, uh, there was not a whiff of like, hey, I'll sit this one out. It was really a lot of like, hey, if I can play, I'm going to play. Right. Well, and, and it I- just seems very unnecessary to me when you look at the schedule and see that they're they're at Jets this week, at or home against Packers next week, and then the bye. If he sits out these next two games, he's going to get close to a month between the actual injury and when he has to play. Yeah, and, and I think that might be the wisest path to take, which would be to let him uh, sit out. But here's what I understand about a separated shoulder. Um, This is a second degree one, I believe, which means that there is some partial tearing. Uh, Even if it gets worse, it can get worse. It can turn into a third degree one. But in that case, it's nothing that would be long-term or or long-term damage. Uh, It would just heal. Um, and that, you know, the odds of him doing something that will affect 2023 on Sunday, if he plays, is pretty null and void. I don't, th- you know, in a serious way, this can't get much worse. Uh, and to me, that would lower the risk of him doing it. 
or of him of him playing. You know, the question then becomes why. You know, do you need to see more out of him? You know, do you need to see how he behaves when he uh, has to just be a pocket passer? Because I think we've seen that movie already and it doesn't end very well. Uh, do you want to see how the offense functions around him, given that you have to scrap the whole thing if you're going to bring uh, a different quarterback in? I mean, those are the questions the Bears have to answer. In a weird way, the field's injury part, you know, you know, does his shoulder hurt? If they numb it up, will he be okay? That is a far more straightforward conversation than the conversation that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus must be having about whether it's prudent or not. Yeah, and I understand them wanting to see as much as possible from him. Matt Eberflus said that. He said his two reasons for why they wouldn't just play it safe and just shut him down for a week, at least one week. Uh, number one was we're trying to win the game, he says, which is kind of funny. Um you weren't exactly trying to win when you traded everybody. Right. Uh, but apparently now at three right. and eight, we're trying to win. But but real um, quick, there is a diff- there is a separation here, though, in that the head coach's job is to try to win every game. I believe that. I believe that Matt Eberflus doesn't walk on the field on Sunday thinking, now oh, we're going to lose. It's the general manager's job to put everything in the proper context and maybe not tank, but certainly err on the side of um, – you know, Sunday is not the most important thing in the world. So I, I believe Eberflus. When Eberflus says we're going to try and win, I certainly believe Eberflus is going to try to win because that is his job. Anyway, moving on. He's going to try to win with what what he has, but right. he, you know, whether he has fields is a bigger picture decision this week. The other reason he gave, though, is that the fields needs the experience, and that is true. I know that everyone's excited about how he's played. It's now seven games that have been the collective seven games have been pretty good mm-hmm. by him. But it, this is this is not case closed on Justin Fields just because he's played well for seven games. Like he does have next steps to make and you need to give him as many opportunities to make them. All of that being said, Pat, if he was sat out these two games, he's still going to end up with 15 starts this season, which I think is enough for them to evaluate. Yeah, that's five more than he had last year. Um, you know, to me, the problem would be what happens if you play him and if he's just not very good the rest of the year? Can you sit there at the end of the season and say it was because of the injury? You know, you run a risk of losing momentum by him playing and underperforming in a way that you wouldn't if he just didn't play at all, right? Well, whose risk is it? Because if you're the organization, you need to see what he's got. It's more of a risk for fields that he would that, that would then change what is currently a very positive view of how he's playing. Yeah. If he was, I mean, if he was bad the rest of the way because he was banged up and because there were things you couldn't do with him. And that's, I guess that's what makes making a decision about fields different than in the past when it's been Jay Cutler, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, and that fields is a running back as well as a quarterback. And that if you are going to play him with this injury, there's a whole portion of your playbook that you just need to set on fire right now, or at least put it away for a couple of weeks. And if so, then you're watching Justin Fields play without being able to do the one thing he's the best in the world at. Right. And, you know, that might still be uh, a way for the team to, to chart progress, but, uh, but you're definitely getting a diminished version of him whenever he returns. And, And if so, that might make it hard to, to figure out exactly what you've got with him. Matt Eberflus basically said that that isn't going to work. Like we're not going in with a cautious, safe 
you know, don't get Justin Hurt game plan. If that's the case, he sits. They need to be able to have him be full go, run the full offense, uh, all of that. And I agree with that. That it doesn't, it wouldn't make sense to put him out there if he doesn't have everything at his disposal. But Pat, it was really concerning to me, at least as far as his availability this week, when he said that he was in a lot of pain in the walkthrough just from right. throwing. And this is, again, this is his non-throwing shoulder, mm-hmm. but he's feeling it toward the, the finish on the, the follow through on a throw, I believe he said. Um, and obviously, like if you if you're sitting at home listening to this and you just start pantomiming throwing like I'm doing right now, you can feel that it's you can feel it has an effect on your non-throwing shoulder. Uh, but in addition, he said, Pat, it was really painful handing the ball off. Yep. And if you've ever had a shoulder injury, if you try to go, you know, up and down with your arm like that, just like for what a handoff would be, it does hurt. And on top of all of that, as he said, you have no idea how you're going to get hit. Sunday mm-hmm. and he might get hit quite a bit because the Jets are very good defensively and very good in pass rush and the Bears have not done well stopping that. He used the phrase being able to protect myself numerous times and you know you and I have both been around Justin and we've watched him play enough to know that <laughs> uh, to quote David Montgomery uh, Justin's still learning how to slide. Justin is not particularly concerned about protecting himself often. So you wonder whether this is coming from what the coaches have been telling him about this injury or, or, or some sort of uh, newfound <laughs> newfound caution in the name of this pain that he has. Um, what I get back to is this, though. There is a way it cannot hurt on Sunday by giving him the shot. The question is whether if he doesn't practice all week or if he's super limited because you can't shoot him up for practice. And he can't do what he does best because, you know, you don't want to um, you don't want to risk it being in more pain once the numbing agent wears off that at some point they're, they're diminishing returns there. Um, you know, the Bears had a walkthrough on Wednesday and that was something they planned yesterday um, or on Tuesday, I should say. And they said it was because they'd been through a lot of physical games lately. But Jason, didn't you wonder whether. They essentially changed the practice schedule in part because they knew their starting quarterback wasn't really going to be able to run them through plays. It affects everything if yeah. he's out. But then again, Pat, I think you made this point earlier. If there's any legitimacy to the idea that Trevor Simeon would start this game, then you would want to have practice because Trevor Simeon could use the first team reps with the first team wide receivers. Yeah, sure. So yeah. it, this was an interesting, interesting thing to listen to, just the total difference in the way that Matt Eberflus discussed this uh, and then the way Justin Fields discussed it an hour or so, two hours later. Right. Um, Justin Fields, they both painted this as a collective decision between right. Poles, Eberflus, Fields, and the medical staff. But I, I don't know if you caught this. Justin Fields said that uh, basically Eberflus told him it's up to him. Right. Justin Fields made this sound like he's the one making the final decision on whether or not he plays. That it basically, if he can gut it out, then he can play. But I don't, I don't, I don't like any kind of idea. Eberflus and I are actually on the same page on this one. I don't like any kind of idea of a restricted game plan for him. I don't think that makes any sense. He needs to get better as a pocket passer. He needs to get better in obvious passing downs, which are really tough in the NFL. But not like this. Right. I, I, it doesn't make. This is who he is. He's a he's a quarterback that can run and will use that, and has been getting about a hundred yards a game on that. 
Like you, it doesn't make sense to play him without that available to him. He needs to be able to do both. Right. And, you know, you'd think that if they play him, uh, you know, I think we've seen lately that their design runs go to the sideline and, and essentially give him an option of trying to get out of bounds. You know, uh, we saw how well that worked on the play where he got hurt, obviously, but, um, but, you know, they've been trying to be smart about when they call his number on design stuff. I just get back to this, Jason, that his best runs come on scrambles. His best runs come when he is improvising and, you know, sometimes running for his life on pass plays. Um, I, I don't think what is in his nature will go away just because he hurt his shoulder. No, it will not. Like, that's what he's going to do. Yeah. And even if the shoulder is, I mean, even if the shoulder is numbed up and he's feeling no pain, um, he needs to know that, you know, there is a, (laughs) that he can't, he has to avoid as many hits as possible. And anybody who's seen him play knows that that's just not what he does. I mean, he's, you know, if you play him, I think you need to be ready for him to, do the same things he's done all season because to try to take that away from him, not only is dumb, but I think it's impossible. Just when you get back to so much of it is instinct. I I don't know how you could expect him to shut off his instincts um, against the jets. It is impossible. You're right. There's no way he's going to be standing there in the pocket as people close in on him and say, okay, my shoulders hurt. What's the safe move here? Like he's going to do what he always does. And he will not be thinking about this in the moment. No, no, he won't. Jason, would you, what would you do? I wouldn't play him. I, I wouldn't want to take the chance. I, I would imagine that if you sat him out this week, he's going to be feeling a lot better for the Green Bay game. I wouldn't automatically say sit him out for both of the next two games that he can get the full month. Although that is something to consider. I would say give him this one game off and see where things are at uh, a week from today. I, I next Wednesday. I think this is such what about a, you. I don't know. It's an interesting juncture. I think in the season, uh, I know more Bears fans than not who think that they should sit him, but I also think that it's trendy for the fan base now to sit there and and say, "Well, us losing games is helping us," you know. Um, and <laughs> they want him to sit because they don't want the Bears to have a chance to win a game. Uh, I, I think you and I have talked about this before about how that might not be the healthiest way to look at things. <sighs> I just think they're going to lose enough games either way. Like if he hadn't <laughs> even gotten hurt in Atlanta, the Jets would still be favored in this yeah, game. Yeah. Even with Mike White, they'd be favored. I think on paper, I think – I don't think they would ever regret not playing him on Sunday. And because of that, I guess that's what I would do, which which would be to not play him. But, you know, when you look at some of the facts, which is if it's a separated shoulder, it can't get worse you can't do something to it that, you know, that would harm you, you know, going into next season, you can numb it and you can't with a dislocated shoulder. And I know I keep saying it, but that's important. He, you know, he won't feel it on Sunday. If he gets hit a hundred times, he'll feel it Monday, not during the game. And if he wants to play and if, and if he has a head coach that wants him to play, that's a lot of stuff working in favor of him playing, isn't it? I mean, you know, you know, then you get to, okay, if you're Ryan Poles, what is your job here? Is your job to pump the brakes? Is your job to just make sure that your medical staff is doing the right stuff and let them decide? My, my question for the GM would be just kind of how hands-on he's going to be in this. My question for Justin Fields would be if he does sit out, 
how is that going to affect him? That's not a question I would ask him, but it's a question I'd want to see the answer to in real life because there is no good time to have this happen, but this seems like a really inconvenient time for this to happen to Justin Fields when he's hitting his stride. And Mm -hmm. so if he, let's say he sat out both of the next two games, Pat, if he takes a basically a month off of games, does he come back and just pick up where he left off? I mean, that, that would be interesting to see. Yeah. And you know, and what about the, what about the offense around him? I mean, you know, we talk about Chase Claypool all the time. You know, if, how's Chase Claypool going to handle having Trevor Simeon throwing in passes for two weeks and then going back to fields? You know, is it possible you get to the end of the season without the two of them ever establishing a rapport with each other? Um, you know, how are the Bears going to be able to run the football if the guy handing the ball off isn't a rushing threat? I mean, part of the reason David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert have the yardage that they have or that they've had this season is because you need to, you know, be honest and you know prevent your edges from rushing too hard because Justin Fields can pull the ball and keep it. Uh, you know, this offense <laughs> with Trevor Simeon, this offense is not going to look very good. And if this season is as much about evaluating number one Fields and number two everyone else, I, I don't know that you get a fair look at everyone else if you're playing Trevor Simeon. Can I hammer this Trevor Simeon thing one more time? Uh, please. This cannot be your backup quarterback ever again. Sure. Not this type of quarterback. Like you have to do what the Ravens have done where they have Tyler Huntley and he's nowhere near as good as Lamar Jackson, but he plays, he was a uh, late or undrafted player and he plays the same style. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting. uh, I was talking to some bears defensive players about how you deal with quarterbacks like this, that are really like Justin Fields who are really, shifty in the backfield right. where you can be pat arm's length from this guy and not be able to get him down to the ground. And I was asking Travis Gibson, who was the guy who, who other than field, he immediately was like, Oh, fields is the hardest. Yeah. Okay. But who that you've actually played in a game is the most difficult. And he couldn't think of the guy's name, but he was like that. The backup for Baltimore was like <laughs> Tyler, Tyler Huntley, your guy. Yeah. You have to have somebody like that. You had that has to be your backup quarterback so that while he is never going to be as good as your starter, although if he turns out to be good, then you have a great trade piece. Mm-hmm. But if, but if he, if he ever has to play, you don't have to change the offense. Sure. And when you have Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick, that type of quarterback, you are probably going to have to fill in, you know, some one or two game stretches here and there. And you want to be able to run your full offense in those cases, Trevor Simeon playing on Sunday against the Jets. I'm with you. I can't even imagine what that offense would look like. Straight drop back passer behind that offensive line. Is that going to just be like, can I just time travel back to the beginning of the season? And that's what it's going to look like pretty much. Or how about this? What if the pass game is somehow better? (laughs) What does that say? That might not be good either. I I don't Now you're here for the anarchy, huh? You you got Trevor Simeon, 300 yards, four touchdowns, and they're all to chase Claypool. (laughs) Uh I'll make it. I'll make the same Tyler Huntley point to you that I made last time this came up. This is a good problem to have now that the Bears know who their starting quarterback will be going forward for a long time. Uh, Before the season started, I would have said it was silly to go find a backup for Fields if you weren't sure that Fields was the answer. Now, if you're convinced that Fields is the answer, you can spend this offseason finding a clone um, to back him up versus having to go find a new quarterback which I think is a really good problem for them to have. 
Yeah. Draft somebody in the fifth round. And right. Now you have like draft a mobile quarterback in the fifth round. UCLA quarterback. Year. Yeah. UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson in the fifth round and call it a day. Um, real quick before we go, Jason, uh, yeah. I wanted I wanted to ask you about Justin Fields apologizing to his teammates after Sunday's game. Apparently, when the Bears got right back or got back into the locker room immediately after the game, uh, Fields stood up and essentially apologized, saying that the defense had done their job by holding the Falcons to a field goal in the fourth quarter and that the offense couldn't do theirs by marching down and scoring. Uh, that is the same point we've been making for a month now, and every time we say it out loud, I think there's a portion of Bears Twitter that thinks it's blasphemous, but you know, the quarterback is admitting that you know they've had the ball with a chance to win and they haven't been able to. Uh, what does that say about Fields as a leader, number one? And what does that what does that say about kind of what you think of him as a as somebody who could be the future here? Um, I think that's unnecessary of him, but I like that the standard is at a place where you have the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears apologizing that they scored only 24 points. I mean, imagine if they had been averaging 24 points a game the last two years. Yep. And Nagy'd still be the coach. Right. Um, uh, what, Do you know how many you points they've averaged? Of... Do you know how many points they've averaged in the last five games? Uh, close to 30, I believe. I think it's 29.6, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. What did, what did you hear in the locker room about this? Because one of the things that I, I this made me think is that the locker room must be very unified behind him, which I would have assumed anyway. But that that's the most telling part of this scene to me. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, when he, you know, keep in mind the pain that he is in while he's talking here, the actual physical pain in his shoulder. Um, and, you know, and he, he stands up and he, and he apologizes and Eddie Jackson cuts him off, says, you don't have to apologize. This game isn't won or lost by one play or another play. Um, and then, you know, they broke down the huddle together and then Justin Fields got put on a cart and taken for x-rays. Um, when I talked to defensive players in particularly today, uh, they all said more or less the same thing, which is he didn't have to do that. But the fact that he did speaks well to him. And and it speaks well to him because uh, Nick Morrow called it um, bold. Nick Morrow said that he'd never seen a quarterback get up and apologize before, in a, you know, right after a game like that. And they thought that it showed a accountability and a leadership that they knew was there with Justin all year but that I think it was reassuring to see in a really bad moment. And, you know, let's, I mean, let's look at where Fields was at the end of the game. I mean, personally, <laughs> I mean, this is about as low as he had been in a long time. This is somebody who was really hurting and who had failed to come through with the ball and a chance to tire win the game in his hometown with his parents there, with his family and friends there who he had not seen yet. Because he was so hurt, he had to go straight to the locker room. And in his lowest moment, he got up to apologize to other people. I, I think this, I think that speaks really well to him. It's a lot different than Zach Wilson of the Jets this week, who is not playing, it seems like in part, at least, because of not being that type of player. Yeah, not, he spoke that, not being not being that type of leader. Yeah, he spoke to a Bears reporter or Jets reporters. Uh, late Wednesday, and he said that he addressed the team on Wednesday. And he addressed the team on Wednesday to say he was sorry for being flippant about the loss on Sunday. So uh, <laughs> who would you rather be in this situation? Would you rather be Justin Fields apologizing prematurely, 
Or would you rather be Zach Wilson apologizing three days too late? Uh, I, th I think the Bears are very happy with the with the guy they have. And Jason, I made this point in print, but you know, of the five quarterbacks drafted in 2021, you know, I think it's a two man race now. It's you know Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, and you know I think Justin Fields has done so many amazing things that you probably have to put him number one. I think Lawrence, um, you know, is more of a pure drop back passer, but you know, he seems to have left Zach Wilson in the dust, Mac Jones in the dust. And then, you know, Trey Lance really is still has never really gotten a chance because of injury. Incomplete. I think it, this is a, a real credit to Justin Fields and Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus, Getze and Eberflus primarily for being flexible and right. be, being able to adapt and say, let's not keep trying to scale back what this guy is great at. Mm -hmm. let's let him do what he's great at and work on developing the other things that he needs to get better at. Because Pat, I think at the end of last season, you would have ranked Justin Fields last. I think you would have ranked him fifth out of the five first round quarterbacks. Uh, definitely on, definitely fourth out of the four that played. Yeah, for sure. I mean, based on how he played uh, in Matt Nagy's offense, like there was not a, there was not a ton of hope for right. where he was headed and it looks completely different now. Real quick before we go, Jason, um, we both think the Jets will win on Sunday. Yeah, I think the Jets will win. I don't think it's going to be a particularly impressive game. Keep in mind the Jets, the Jets just scored three, right, and lost on a punt return. Um, but their defense is good, and the Bears, the Bears are overmatched by anybody that is average or better, right? And the Jets fall into that half of the league. Yeah. And, you know, I think too, you know, when you look at their pass rush, I think they're second in pressure rate, something like that. Uh, whether it's Justin Fields or Trevor Simeon, they're going to get home. And I think they will probably get a takeaway or three. And, and I, I think that'll help them. I think the score I have is like 22 to seven. Jason, I don't know whether you have the score in front of you. Um, I, I don't have it yet, Pat, but I would say um, I think, I don't think that the Bears will be, if Justin Fields is playing, and he is basically full go. I, don't, I can't see them only scoring seven. Right. But him him limited, it's also hard to see them getting up to 20. So, you know, maybe something like 20 to 10 Jets or 20 to 14 Jets. Yeah. Yeah, we will uh, We will learn a lot more about the context of all of that going into the game. And, Jason, if, uh, if it's worthy, uh, maybe we'll come back before kickoff on Sunday. Otherwise, we will – Check in from MetLife Stadium afterwards. Until then, you can follow Mark Potash and Jason Leisure and myself on Twitter. You can check us out on the Sun's website, on their app, which I will continue to recommend. Uh, and in print, uh, please like, rate, and review the podcast. For Jason Leisure, I'm Patrick Finley. Uh, see, I got it right this time, Jason. I know my own name. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.